I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Welcome to the MVP show. Full show notes for this episode can be found at enter365guy.com forward slash 307. Before we chat with today's guest, here's a quick message from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by the 90-Day Mentoring Challenge. I cover the following key areas to grow your career, communications, consulting, technology, how to engage with Microsoft, the community, uh, personal brand, and career paths. If you're interested in finding out more, go to nz365guy.com forward slash mentoring. The applications are all closed for 2021. We've got a full house, uh, but I will be opening them at some point for 2022. Anyhow, with that, let's get on with the show. Today's guest is all the way from London. He works at ANS Group as a solution architect. He's recently, within the last year, awarded as an MVP. He's a licensed skydiver, and he loves motorbikes. He's an active member of the Microsoft Dynamics 365 and Power Platform user groups in London and Reading. You can find him on Twitter at the CRM Ninja, or check out his blog, thecrm.ninja. E.Y. Kelderman, welcome to the show. Hey, Mark. Great to be on it. Mate, it's been a while since we talked. Has it been? I don't know. We talked this year? We have. Yeah, we touch base occasionally. We do indeed. And, uh, of course, you went through my 90-day mentoring challenge last year, uh, actively involved. And, um, yeah, as in, I originally met you from memory in the Paddington office at Microsoft. Was that right? Indeed. It was the June 2018 user group. Wow, June 2018. Goes back a while, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, EY, I always love to find out a bit about you, first of all. Tell me about your family. Let's start with them, and then we'll move on to what you do for fun. Sure. So, I've been married. uh, We're in our eighth year of marriage now. Got married at the end of 2013, when, thankfully, one of the few days in December that it didn't rain because London, of course, can always rain. And we have three kids, daughter, son, daughter. In fact, our youngest was born a week before the first lockdown in the UK for COVID-19 and a week before I started my current job. A lot happened last year. A lot happened, yeah. Now, i got another friend in London, and they had a baby around a similar time. And apparently... They couldn't get a birth certificate issued because of the COVID issue. Did you have any delays in the birth certificate being issued? So we didn't because I booked it within 12 hours. I knew that there was a likelihood that they would start restricting stuff. So I got the release note from the hospital. My daughter was born on a Sunday. First thing Monday morning, I was at the registry office and it was deserted. Well, you know what I can't get over about the UK is, and you know my time living there, is how much uh, government engagement type work is not digitized. Yeah, the sector is um, a little behind, but not as much behind as the healthcare sector. 
the healthcare sector is seen as being even further behind. You know, my daughter was born about five months ago, and she was born at around, let's say, 1 to 2 a.m. in the morning um, via C-section. By 2.30 a.m., she was registered as an, as an, um, I had jumped online, filled out all her details as in like fully online, uh, um, you know, specified a name, date of birth, time, all that kind of stuff, nationality, ethnicity, all that, all that, that stuff that they ask for, as well as her uh, tax number. Um, the, the government want to make sure that your tax number is issued at your point of birth. How nuts is that? That that's very nuts. I mean, here in the UK, as I say, it's it's a little behind. But like a lot of financial institutions, when they require a wet ink signature, you actually have to sign in ink. Wow. Yeah, archaic, archaic, right? That's just like so behind. More forgeable than an, an e-signature, right? I I have I have a fountain pen that I got years ago. It's a Schaefer. It's it was a really expensive birthday present, and for all of my children, I've taken it in to sign. Nice. See, that's tradition, and I'm all for awesome traditions. That's cool. So tell us about uh, what you do in your day-to-day life. I see you're a solution architect. Are you more focused on the dynamic side of things or the power platform? That's a good question. In fact, when I joined, and about every two or three months since I joined ANS Group, my manager has asked me the same thing. Are you Dynamics 365 for your power platform? And I've thought about it quite a lot. And my response to it is the right tool for the right job. It really depends on the scenario. And nowadays, you can mix and match so much. So I span both. Um, in Dynamics 365, my forte is customer service, followed by sales, and I've dabbled a bit with marketing and other things, but also Power Apps, Model Apps, Canvas Apps, and a bit of Power BI, some Power Automate. Yeah. I know for a long while last year <clears throat> that you spent a lot of time on Omnichannel. That's right. Are you, are you doing many pro- projects in that? I know that you did a lot of research on that product as it was uh, maturing. Um, yeah, what, what's your kind of, are you seeing customers adopt it? What are your thoughts? So customers are slowly adopting it, and we've got a couple of projects with it at the moment. Um, I still have some omnichannel stuff to come this year. There's a lot of focus on the new voice channel, which is still in a very private preview. So I can't really talk about it at this point, but... When it comes into public preview and and then coming out, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, Microsoft has put a massive amount of resource into it, and it really, I think, rounds it off nicely and carries on that maturity path that it's been taking. You know, when I, I used to be involved in projects, particularly focused on call centers, and uh, which, of course, where the omni-channel absolutely can you know come into play. <clears throat> it's one of those use cases. As in, we used to use a. Uh, what would call a thick client desktop application that kind of stripped the chroma off um, Dynamics and would allow you to embed in the interface as well as any other application that you had. Um, is Omnichannel like the the next iteration? Has it totally done away with that old thick client model? And, and uh, how does it operate nowadays? So it works just within the browser like any other Dynamics app, any other model-driven app. Um, so you don't need to install anything on your desktop, but it hasn't quite replaced it. If we think about the big brother to it, Unified Service Desk, USD, which has been around, yeah, which has been around for a while. So 
the main advantage is that companies will sometimes have bespoke systems that they've programmed that they need to be able to access in the same interface. And you can't do that with omnichannel. You can surface tabs that are browser, but if, if you've still got on-prem systems or private cloud systems and you need to surface those within, you can't do that within the omnichannel interface. Gotcha. Because with USD, like if you had an AS400 system, you could actually embed that into the interface and even hand data, extract data across uh, that interface into other applications. Yeah, that's not possible through Omnichannel. I don't know if it may come at some point. At the moment, it's not on the roadmap, to my understanding. Surely their intention is to kill off USD. Um, I believe it's quite profitable. I mean, it's quite expensive for licenses and a lot of businesses only do major refreshes of this sort of thing every five or 10 years. Yeah, yeah. It's it's heavy, as in it's a heavy bit of software. Yeah. We'll see at yeah, some from... point what happens. Mm. I didn't think the licensing was a massive issue in that I thought a lot of it was just still licensed through traditional license constructs. So I didn't think there was a separate USD license as such. Um, from memory, there is the, there is some specific licensing around being able to run it. It's not just a Dynamics app license. There's a, another skew on it. The scenarios that I used to commonly see it in was um, uh, insurance, you know, where they'd co commonly have multiple different back-end insurance applications. Uh, telecommunication was another common one. Um, did a whole feasibility study around a 20,000-seat deployment in Australia. Um, uh, you know, as in that was call center. And then, of course, the other one was uh, in the financial sector. Banking was very, it was commonly used in that space. I was just thinking of banking, actually. I mean, th those are the sort of things, the sort of very, very large institutions which have a lot of heavy development teams in place. They're not necessarily all cloud. For that sort of thing, yeah, we're seeing, you know, Unified Service Desk would be it. And you can surface Omnichannel within Unified Service Desk as well. Right, 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 right. So, so... Just give me a summary of what Omnichannel is. Omnichannel essentially is you're empowering your customer service unit to have customers interact with them no matter what the medium is. And the customer service agents are using the same system, the same interface. So whether it's by text, phone, when the voice channel comes out, Facebook, social media, you know, custom channels you can do. You can plug into Instagram, for instance. You can plug into a lot of other things as well. WhatsApp, it'll come through into the same interface and it's all stored in the same interface. And therefore, the agents can see holistically everything that that customer has experienced and all the interactions with it. They don't need to dip in and out of systems. They don't need to cross-train. <laughs> and, and when you say, um, you know, the, con the concept of Omni is all channels. Are we talking, for example, I could have my company support Twitter account streamlined into that interface. I could have my, uh, you know, my Facebook chat, you know, so Messenger, right, which is becoming more and more, like I said, more and more businesses, even really replacing the contact us form on their website with something like Messenger. And then, of course, uh, uh, logically, then there's chatbots, um, PVA, Power Virtual Agents. All of Are that. Are you seeing? Yeah. All, okay. all of that can come in, does come in, um, using the Bot Composer framework as well. Any system with an open API, you can connect into it. So you create a custom application with a thing to flow through as well. Yeah, it, it, it can all flow through and does. Is Cafe X still the kind of, I know Microsoft had a relationship with them for a long period, and this shows probably how long since I've dabbled with it. Is Cafe X still in play or is is Microsoft doing that all on their own software now? 
my understanding is is that most of the Cafe X software, which Microsoft obviously acquired uh, way back in the day, uh, has been I didn't been think upgraded. they acquired it. I thought they were just a um, a partnership. I didn't know if they did they acquire it. Did they? I thought it was an I can't remember if it was an exhibition or not. I mean, there was definitely something with with it, but um, the code base and stuff it's been it's been upgraded. Now it's practically all Microsoft owned stuff and and keeps being iterated on. Yeah, no, Cafe X is still its own company. There's no reference to being Microsoft owned. Um, just looking online, uh, robotic coffee bars um, was part of what I'm looking at. Yeah, if that is the Cafe X, actually, now that it's uh, looking at their website, it is about rom- robotic uh, um, yeah, <laughs> distribution of coffee. So it might not even be the same. Uh, actually, this is called Cafe X app. I'm on the wrong site. There we go. Not what I was looking for. Um, okay, so you become an MVP. Yeah. Um, you became an MVP in probably one of the hardest markets in the world to become a um, a biz apps MVP. And I say that because, you know, I used to um, sit in that market myself and I observed that there were a lot of fine, fine candidates. And I feel, feel that there's even right now some amazing candidates that haven't been awarded MVP yet. But what I have noticed is that I suppose in the last 18 months to two years, a lot of folks that, you know, were obvious, you know, from my point of view that they should become MVPs have become MVPs, but you're, you're in a tough market, right? There's a, there's a saturation of people doing great things in the UK. Indeed for such a small community. I mean, the the community is massive, but if you look at community to people living here and stuff, um, it, it is, we have a very high percentage of biz apps MVPs. It's like, I think, 15% of the global biz apps MVPs are in the UK. It's a very high number, and it's, yeah, it's it's a high bar. So I wonder what that compares with the UK. What's Have you looked at their breakdown? Um, I flicked through it a bit of a while back, but I don't recall off the top of my head. But, yeah, there's there are, there are quite a few of us here, and it's good we exchange ideas all the time. It's It's very supportive. Yeah, they've got to be the biggest market, though. Surely the uh, the UK. Sorry, the US. The um, US. Yeah, the US. Yeah, the US has more. But if you look at the number of people in the US and the number of people doing Dynamics or Power Platform stuff or BizApp stuff, it's proportionally it's it's a low number. Yeah. You know what? I just jumped onto the website as in I, and I got when I put in Live Assist for Dynamics three six five powered by Cafe X. Um, you know, I'm taken to AppSource, <clears throat> and the publisher says communication business avenues. So would we assume then that that's not Microsoft? Yeah. Although it does look, man, I mean, I had to do a double take because it definitely looks tightly integrated. Um, as in it looks like that it's Microsoft, but, yeah, I think it's still a third-party um, bit of tech as such. Cool, cool. Um, you became an MVP, and I know it was uh, um, a, a journey for you, a considerable time from when you, um, you know, originally said, hey, I'm keen to become an MVP. Kind of, was it worth the hard slog? Because you really, um, you know, I was blown away by how you, um, you know, educated other people with what you were learning. Like you did the classic model of you learned a technology and you 
published your findings as you went along on your blog and things like that. Um, and of course, you know, you're running a, a YouTube channel. It's becoming more and more popular all the time as you interview guests. Was the slog, was it worth it to ultimately become an MVP? I know you've just done your first MVP summit. What, what was your, was it worth it? Uh, yes, it it was worth it. It wasn't necessarily what I thought it would be. Uh, I mean, I remember, I remember my first year. I first got into community in 2018. I first attended Summit 2018 in Dublin, and having found out how many people were there who I had no idea of at the time is absolutely hilarious because so many people in the community were there who I have no idea of. And then I attended UGs and stuff along the way for a year. That was like, I met you, I met Chris Huntingford and other people. And I walk into the room and my first UG, which is again where I met you, and they're like, you know, eight MVPs along the side. I'm like, who are these guys? These guys are like, you know, I'll use the word gods, right? But, you know, gods of the system. They know it inside out. I had no idea what MVP was. I mean, I've been on technical forums, technet and stuff over the years and seen people doing it. I had no idea what MVP was. And then as I got involved in the community, I attended UGs for a year or so. And then I decided to start my own thing up, my own blog. I had an impetus for doing so. And and yeah, and slowly got to learn what MVP was and really about helping others. If I know something and I share an idea with you, I don't lose that idea, but I help you along the way. It's not like if I have an apple and I give the apple to you, you've now got the apple and I don't have the apple. With ideas and concepts, we can build it. And what we can then create together and share together is greater than the sum of its parts. And that's really been my journey today. I mean, at this point of recording, I've been doing it for almost two years, my blog. And it's just crazy to see the journey that it's come. And people reach out to me with questions and I reach out to them with questions. And it's it's really amazing, the community. Where to from here? Where do you where do you see like what are the next steps in your career? You're you know you're a solution architect at the moment. Do you intend to yeah? What what are the next steps for you? I think the next steps to continue what I've do, been doing for the last couple of years and build a solid base. I've only been in the consulting world for a couple of years. I come from I mean I was a decade at end users. Uh, in fact something that I'll share with you, which very, very few people know about. So one of the reasons for me deciding to start my blog and get involved in the community was in June 2019, I was at the UG in London, and I met somebody who I had worked alongside very early on in my career. And they were older than me, we'd been together for a while, very early on in the career and stuff. And they had always given the impression they didn't really think that I was particularly good at anything, or that I really brought anything to the table. I was doing you know, first line support at that point. Um, and at the time that I met them, I was working in a very large consulting company. Having just started there, I was a senior manager. And they sort of looked at my name, looked at my name tag and said, are you really a senior manager? And I went, that's what it says. And they went, oh, do you actually go out and see clients? And I'm like, well, yes, I'm involved in projects. I'm selling the stuff and things. And they sort of went, oh, eh, I never really thought you amount would amount to much. Um, and I sort of thought to that way, and I thought, you know what, I know I can help others. I know what I've done along the way, along the path, and I can help others. So that was one of my impetus saying, I'm going to start sharing my knowledge with other people. And I, that's how I started my blog, got on Twitter and social media and other stuff, and started my series as well. But in terms of my where I'm going now, I've got almost two years that I've been doing this for. I'm going to continue building that and to help others and empower and enable others. And that's also helping me in my professional career. 
So moving on onto you know more enterprise scale projects, who knows what we'll see? I mean, Power Platform, you've seen as well as I have what the stats that Microsoft have come out with and where they're projecting it to go. You know, 500 million apps or something in the next few years. So it's it's a crazy scene. Everything is just so fluid, but I'm very excited about it and where I can go with it. Yeah, so true, so true. What if you're looking at the tech landscape um, in biz apps? Kind of what excites you about what you see coming out in the next uh, 12 months? So apart from the voice channel for Omnichannel, which really excites me when I get my hands on it, um, the AI capabilities. If we think of things like, you know, the, the broader power platform, the data that it can crunch, the projections it can make, things like sales insights, customer insights, which are great for dynamics and stuff, and obviously the big enterprise customers with that, but um image recognition, being able to talk in one language and have it automatically translated to another language to enable communication between people who don't share a common language. The world sort of grows smaller digitally and the AI capabilities that are being fed into the platform and coming through from Azure and integrations with that, uh, I'm seeing a lot of potential in there and can't wait to experiment with some of it. Nice, nice. Well, look at this, our time's up, but tell me first about motorbikes. Motorbikes. Um, I have a 2002 900cc Ninja. It's been tweaked. My zero to 60 on it is, I think there are about eight cars in the world at the moment that can beat it. Although obviously respecting the speed limit. Um, but love the motorbike. Don't get out on it enough, partially due to work and family, partially due to the weather, but it's always great to go out for a spin. Nice. Nice. Okay. Are you ready for your quickfire questions? Go for it. But are you ready? Uh, I'm as ready as I can be. What's the most illegal thing you've done? The most legal thing that I've done? Illegal, illegal. Oh, oh, illegal thing that I... Mm. I just thought it might have been um, related to speeding. Um, let's, let's just say that I have driven extremely fast. Nice. Would you rather always have gas or always have bad breath? Gas. What's the best compliment you've ever received? You really are as nice as you look. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Listen, uh, it's been great to have you on the show. Remember, CRM Ninja is where you can find him on Twitter or thecrm.ninja is his blog site. EY, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. Have a great day. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm your host, business application MVP, Mark Smith otherwise known as the NZ365 guy. Please like and subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Leave me a review. I'd appreciate it. NZ365guy.com forward slash review is where you can do that. If you've been listening for a while and you've not given me a review, good, bad, or ugly, please go and do it. I'd appreciate it. Anyhow, with that, see you next time.